Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, listener. On my right wing is Neil, on my left wing is Tom, and I'm in the center. My name is Nick. How's it going, guys? Are we ready? Doing all right. Yeah. Apprehensive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, today is technically Thanksgiving, or it will be when you're listening to this. So hopefully you're not listening to this (laughs) because it's Thanksgiving. Uh, hopefully you're spending some wonderful quality time with your family and uh, hopefully by the time you're listening to this you're on your way to do your Black Friday shopping or whatever the hell it is that people do the day after Thanksgiving. That is if you live in the USA. If you're from the UK or any other country, they don't know what Black Friday is. Oh no, Black Friday is everywhere now. Uh, that's commercialism. Yeah, but Thanksgiving isn't, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, wherever you are, we hope you're having a good good week and uh unless you're a city in which case we don't wish you having a good week we wish you having a miserable time and you're up at night and you're gonna be nice and tired for um, yeah. for saturday morning and we uh kind of hope that you're uh sweating over whether or not holland is gonna play after he picked up a knock in the uh internationals or whatever the case um Typically, now's the time where we do table talk, but there's not much to talk about since nothing happened over the international break. Yes, it did. What happened? Everton managed to actually change positions in the table, even though they didn't play. <laughs> that is also <laughs> classic Everton. <laughs> <laughs> Only them. Into the relegation zone, and yet somehow they'll still finish one point ahead of the rele- relegation zone like they seem to do every single uh, at this season. this point, I hope they do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about that last week, or uh, on Tuesday. So let's move on to our injury report ahead of this Saturday's early kickoff against Manchester City. This is going to be interesting because I haven't heard the updated injury report yet. Yeah. And we also, uh, when we're recording this, we have a, uh, still got some international games to play, so some things could change as well. Absolutely. Um, So this is as of now. This is what our injury report is. And frankly, I hope this is how it stays. Um, Well, if it stays like this, most of the City team are officially injured. Very true. Very true. But um, it's not going to stay like that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. This is kind of a, a farce of an injury report, if, uh, <laughs> if any. So continue the farce, please, Nick. Yes, absolutely. So Andrew Robertson, which is not farcical, he is definitely not playing. Definitely not definitely playing. Not playing. <laughs> so you'll see now a miracle from Scotland and he will somehow play because we're saying he absolutely won't. <laughs> yeah, right. Tiago <laughs> will be back too, probably. Yeah, right. Connor the, Bradley, Simicas. <laughs> Everyone's back. Uh, Stefan Bacitek is very, very unlikely to play. Yeah, I think he's out. Um, Ryan Gravenberch, it's unknown as of right now. He's got a little knock with his knee, but it didn't sound serious. So he very well could be back for City. I'm hoping he does. Yep. Um, I think he's back. I hope so. Same thing with Joe Gomez and Ibrahim Kanate. Uh, both of those guys are... Kanate, I think, will be certain to play. I think it was a precautionary pullout. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Precautionary. Um, wink, wink, nudge, same thing nudge. with Joe Gomez. I think picked me up and pull out, but it was. I, I was trying to move past it Got actually. It. <laughs> uh, Joe Gomez <laughs> is almost definitely going to be playing. Um, Curtis Jones is likely to play as of now. Apparently, oh, Gomez he, is going to be fit to play. Yes, yes. We'll whether or not he actually yeah. plays. Mm-hmm. Again, I hope he does, but that's a. We'll get to that later. Uh, Curtis Jones had some kind of weird little hamstring issue, but it doesn't seem serious, and he's likely to play. 
And then Connor Bradley, who I don't think we've seen play yet, is still injured and not going to play, although I don't think he would anyway. I, is Jones turning into a bit of a Tiago situation? He was... He missed some well. He missed some oh. suspensions. He had some illness. Now he's had a little hamstring. Now, I I don't feel as though he's getting enough game time because he's always got something niggly about it. Kanate, same deal. You know, well, Kanate's been kind of an injury issue for a few years now for for a while since he came into Liverpool. He he's been pretty consistently injured. Uh, and again, uh, Jones probably would have played more if it wasn't for the. The three match span, one hundred percent, and then a weird illness coming through, and then a hamstring issue that's not serious. Right around international break, suspect. Uh, you you put together whatever you want. Uh, Sorry, I said suspect out loud. That was my inside voice. <laughs> <laughs> I think Jones is fine, and I really hope that he ends up getting more playing time because, as I've been saying all season long, he is fantastic, and I want to see him succeed. So, on that. Let's look ahead to City, Liverpool, at the Etihad. Um, who are their best players? Who are their best players? It's hard to say because they've got... Well, there's 11 on the pitch. There's 11 on the bench. Mm. And there's a few more that aren't even... <laughs> so, so, Tom, it's a point I've been making for a while, the one you just made there, but I'm going to disagree I know we're jo- with you here. And, I know um, we joke about it. And, that- and they've actually got a skinnier squad than I ever thought this year. And I think the financial fair play might be catching up with them and they haven't been able to replace some of the players with the quality they want. And then they've lost some players like we, we talked about, Cole Palmer, who, mm-hmm. again, I don't you know, they were him. free players coming up through their academy, mm-hmm. um, but they've lost a few. So with Gundogan leaving, Mares leaving. So I actually took a look at the two squads and to qualify for my piece of paper here, you um, have to have appeared on the bench at least in, the, in a Premier League match this year. Mm-hmm. And um, Liverpool have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight more players by that metric than um, City do. Well, Liverpool. I love this that you the... do stats. <laughs> it just it doesn't turn me on or anything like that. Yeah. But it's just I'm so glad you do it. Yeah, <laughs> not me. <laughs> you do you do the meticulous stuff. Um, I think this is as deep a squad as Liverpool have had yeah. in years. So it's not to say that City doesn't have a deep squad. They're definitely not as deep as before, but Liverpool have probably one of the deepest squads uh, in the Premier League right now. I I agree. And again, it's we look at like the Harveys, the Joneses. Go back a year ago, maybe even a little bit more, we weren't 100% sure on them. And now they're starting to come into their own where they're starting to perform a little bit better, show a little bit more experience. And deserve a place on the squad yeah and i think that's the huge difference is that they're they're showing up yeah yeah absolutely and we haven't gotten hit too hard knock on wood uh by the injury bugs so far this year the people who have been injured we've been able to fill them out with uh, a lot of young players robertson was a very hard knock but robertson wasn't having the greatest of season either i'm not saying that gomez and um simi would pass uh, Robertson for the left back slot, but um, but yeah, Robertson wasn't having a great season. Robertson has yeah. more goals than four of the uh, striker, uh, four of the attacking forwards at uh, Man United. <laughs> that's that's yeah. good to hear. <laughs> um, so the city He's played squad. less games as well. They, city, city squad, yeah. They I mean, may not be as deep as usual, but, but listen I, to this midfield: Foden, Bernardo, <laughs> Rodrigo, Doku. I mean, Foden isn't midfield though. He, he's a forward. Okay. 
But he's, yeah, he's, he's an attacking midfielder. You didn't even you wing. didn't even mention Rodri or, or Grealish or uh, I did mention Rodri. Rodrigo. I said you did. Okay, sorry. Uh, Kovacic. You, you didn't Alvarez, who's an amazing Julian Alvarez he's a, he's a striker. Yeah, I know, but in Pep's system, where is he really? Yeah, I just <laughs> mentioned. He's a right winger, striker, forward. Well, it's like Salah's listed as midfield in some, you know, which we don't think of him as a midfield. Foden is also right. listed as an attacking midfielder and left wing. Right, he just mentioned yeah. him as, as a midfielder, and I'm like, uh, where do they actually play in Pep's yeah. weird little system, his circus system that he's circus. got going on? <laughs> so, just talking about those players, so Foden, Bernardo, Rodrigo, Doku, Grealish, Kovacic. That's an immense amount of creative players there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I think of Haaland and Alvarez as finishers. Yeah. And so Liverpool's... You're forgetting Kyle Walker. He, okay, that's he, from defense, I yeah, agree. Yeah. And is definitely plays midfield. And that's, yeah. it's like the Trent equivalent. So yeah. So I'm just trying to Sorry. get... Sorry. You're fine. So Salah, Gravenberch, Sabozlai, Diaz, Jota, Elliott, Jones. McAllister. McAllister. Doesn't feel. It feels like the players I listed a second ago for the City have still got probably an edge over um, the Liverpool team there. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe on paper, maybe if you're looking at numbers, you're probably right. I think the one thing that surprised me when I was prepping for this show is going through their list of players. Number one, how many superstars they have. I guess I should throw Salah into that mix if I do. Absolutely. Um, number two, how many? Like for how many goals Erling Holland has? It's incredible how many other players also have goals and assists across the board, um, which is far greater than Liverpool. I think our goals are very much concentrated on the forward line, whereas City, it seems like they can score from every position. Like their defenders have goals scored, their midfield have goals scored, their forwards have goals scored, and it's not all just the Holland machine is not the only one that scores. Holland has scored 13. With three assists. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Alvarez is next with four. Foden with three. Rodri with three. Silva with three. See? And then it starts dropping. Yeah. But, I mean, the fact that they have that many players, whereas Liverpool, I think it's it's mostly concentrated on the Salah, Darwin, mm-hmm. Diaz, Jota, Zabaslai. But then you look at their assists and you got, like, Doku has five assists. Alvarez has four. Holland has three. Foden has three. Silva has three. Right. So it's not just... It's not just that they're hitting the strikers the attacking midfielders or the wingers they're not just hitting Haaland all the time he is creating something this year I think he's been shut down a lot more of course um, with De Bruyne out also true but I was thinking even more um, opponents defensor, defender, uh, ugh, defenders have been taking so, him out of the game so his gravitational pull is kind of doing a what, bit like what they used to do to Salah and still do to Salah well maybe not as much I don't see it as much, considering that oh, the the Al, uh, the the Diaz, the Sebastian, and you, we can get it from anywhere now. It's it's not as bad for sure, but it's still happening. But like last year, when Salah was our main attacking force and couldn't get a, a goal, yeah, yeah, he's getting triple team. Anyway, back to City. My point is, what I'm seeing, what that tells me, when you see that many goals and that many assists from that many different positions on the pitch, it's not even just their forwards. We're seeing midfield and defenders getting it too. What that tells me is they're overloading the box with, def- with against it. everyone sits deep against City, especially if you look at their previous opponents. They're not playing a lot of opponents so far that are going to come back at them. 
Um, so what that tells me is they're overloading the, the, the opponent's defense and finding space behind them to score from every angle. And that's what we need to be most afraid of from this team. Not that I'm telling you anything you probably don't already know. We're playing Manchester City. But yeah. mm-hmm. that's what happens with these teams is that you lose someone in the chaos of the attack and that's going to be the guy that's going to hurt you the most, whether it's an assist to someone else or a goal themselves. Going into this game, I'll take out the home field advantage conversation for a second because I think that is going to make a difference. But ignoring the home field advantage for City, I think this is our best chance of the last few years. We've done well against City, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But going into this, you know, I was at Anfield last year for the game and I was thinking it was going to be 4 0 to City and we won 1 0. And I didn't feel good going into that game, but I feel good about going into this game. I did a little bit more math as well on this, and uh, I just took. It's not a great science because I the formations are different, but just on a like for like on a midfield basis, just I just took the Premier League form guides score on form. Okay, so I'll give you a stat, not what I'm making right. So this here. is similar to what I use when I refer to match ratings. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Very just similar. a different area. So, for example, a goalkeeper, Alison Becker, at the moment is really on form. He's got a seven point oh form rating, whereas Edison only has a two point five form rating. So that would be oh, wow. if I was just doing a one position, and we'll get to we can talk about goalkeeper in a minute. But That's got to that be, be a from difference. that city match, giving up four, uh, probably. Yeah. So midfield though, which I think is going to be really but Chelsea. Key. I said city, whatever. So the highest the highest scoring midfielders in terms of form, five, picking five midfielders that includes like two wing attacks. Yeah. So Foden, Bernardo, Rodrigo, Doku, Grealish are there. Uh, sorry, Kovacic, not Grealish. Are there five? Foden, 4.2. Bernardo, 7.5. Rodrigo, 4.8. Doku, 7.2. Grealish, 1. And Liverpool's um, equivalents, Salah, 10.5. Sabozlai, 5.2. Jota, 5. Diaz, 3.2. McAllister and Gravenberch, uh, um, 1.5 each. Interesting. Gravenberch is at a 1.5. Yeah, but if you sum all these up, Liverpool actually shades it in midfield. Yeah, and that was kind of my thought when you first started that that train of thought is i'm going yeah they have the bigger names and what is on paper the bigger firepower but in terms of actual how they're playing on the pitch right now and how they're playing with together i would still take and i'm biased i know that but i would still take liverpool's form if i can try to be objective there yeah it's close but um you can add those up yourself i've done it three times in my head and got different answers but liverpool are slightly ahead on that uh, metric well, that's why we've got the first place and second place teams. It sure yep. sounds like that's what we're talking about here. Absolutely. Um, in defense, TAA's rated a 5, Verge a 5.8. Simi's actually rated a 7, which is a... he he's. I, I've been looking at Simi because we've been a little down on him. He had some shaky performances, but I'll tell you, Simi is quietly a much better player than I think he gets credit for. Okay. And then Kanate a 3.2. So that's my back four. Mm-hmm. But the back four for... The back four for um, City adds up to Walker, three. Akanji, 3.2. Ake, 2.5. Gvadiol, two. That would be their best performing back four. And again, maybe these numbers are all skewed because of the recent conceding four against Chelsea. But they did concede four against is Chelsea. This, now, are these numbers, do you know, are they from the full season or is it just from last week? It just says current form is what it was. So it's probably an average of all of them. I don't know what their algorithm is based on. It's probably weighting the most common, most 
recent results higher than the prior ones. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, current form, that makes sense. So, yeah, so yeah, I think these numbers are not, you know, slightly religion. depressed for City because of the City game. Because of the Chelsea. Sorry, the Chelsea game. Yeah. But slightly inflated for Liverpool because of the Brentford game. Yeah, absolutely. But still, with all of that being said, we're talking about the two best teams in the Premier League as it stands right now. And arguably looking at them over the course of the last five years, they are the best two teams in the Premier League. And I mean, we're going to see the best versions of these teams when they play each other. And that's pretty much happened every single time they've faced off for the last five years. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think um, two positions that could be very interesting is Edison versus Allison. Uh, or perhaps I should say Haaland versus Allison and Nunez versus Edison. Okay, you're saying Nunez, mm. not Salah. Because he's the number nine? Or? Yeah. Okay. I was just right, going with fair. striker versus one goalkeeper, one. striker versus goalkeeper. Gotcha. Okay. Now, here's something. So I, I like that idea that we're talking about the two key positions there being the keepers. I agree. I've always valued Allison over Ederson. Always. I, I think that as a keeper that can do multiple things, as they both try to, I think Allison is the more complete version of that position. I also feel like, and I'm just pulling this out of my ass, uh, it seems like Allison usually has a better performance than Ederson when Liverpool plays City. Um, I think that's because right now, Liverpool do have more victories over City under Klopp and Guardiola. I know Klopp has 12 wins to, to Pep's 10 in their head-to-heads with five draws, but I don't know how many of that come over from Bundesliga and how many are actually in England off the top of my head. Um, just, yeah, and then when in England, you've got FA Cups and you've got Lee, mm-hmm. um, Carabao Cups. So it's uh, I agree, it's difficult to make the comparison. Yeah, exactly. And we don't always see the same teams exactly. depending on where. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of that's a bunk stat either way. But in their last five Premier League results... We've got a loss to Arsenal, 1-0. We've got a win against Brighton, 2-1. We've got a 0-3 win against United. We've got a 6-1 win against Bournemouth and that uh, storied 4-4 draw against Chelsea last weekend or two weekends ago, whatever it was. So City are, I mean, three out of five wins and walked away with points for four of them. Um, City are this city that, you know, they struggled a little bit with Rod Real and... Just a quick little note, Rodri is their highest rated player on match rating. So with him being out, you see everyone was like, oh, apparently this is the most valuable player they have in their team. And if you look at their match rating, he's higher than Holland even, who has a 7.88, which I think is one of the highest for that position in the Premier League. Um, is Rodri out this week? I don't think so. No, I don't but think he's playing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure no, he's they playing. they only have four players out. Uh, Zach Steffen, goalkeeper. As of now. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. So he wouldn't have been playing anyway. De Bruyne, uh, Sergio Gomez, and well, apparently as we, Holland. As we sit right, right now, Edison's listed as injury, injured. Ake's listed as injured. John Stones is listed as injured. Kovacic is listed as injured. Matthias Nunez is listed as injured. De Bruyne and Haaland are all listed as injured. International break is fun, isn't it, guys? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mentioned it before. Home field advantage. Mm. Is it a thing? Yeah, sometimes. I don't know. It is if it's not the empty hut. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fuller these days. Which I've got to say, they're actually building and extending and it looks pretty cool what they're trying to do there. But they're putting in a museum. Interesting. I thought you need to have like 
ancient history for a museum. <laughs> yeah, what are they going to put in there? Like what Mixumabi's the, sweatshirt. The, 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 the first league the trophy they won. from their crest. <laughs> I thought that you guys ever heard of Nick Summerby, but anyway. Sorry, we weren't no. born in the 1800s. <laughs> no, no, I have no idea who that is. Um, <laughs> Didn't he make a cider, Summerby? So I don't, I don't put a lot of stock into home field advantage except for kind of the, the like obviously Anfield is a little bit different because that's sort of, and, I, and I, that's not just me being biased. Other players from other teams have said that. There are, there are few and far between stadiums where players go and they feel like, oh, this is going to be tough. Not just the game, but the atmosphere, the presence. You got the burnabout, you yeah. got new camp, you've got and Anfield. Anfield has always been one of them. Seattle State. Twelfth <laughs> um, man uh, <laughs> registers. Oh, Seattle the, the, Stadium registered on the um, earthquake uh, monitor for mm, making noise during yeah, the. Um, what is what is their name? The Sounders? Yeah, no, the, the Seahawks. Oh, oh you're oh, about you're football about, with the egg hand throw. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. there's NFL for the day. All right. Yeah. Handball. Uh, football. So let's go back to football, dude. Egg, yeah. Egg um, hand. San uh, the um, San Siro is San one Ciro, of them. Yeah. Bernabeu, New Camp, uh, the Allianz Stadium, mm-hmm. and Anfield. Throughout history of what our about club, White Hat Lane, <laughs> that one billion dollar eyesore that's sitting there. Um, but you talk, you talk to like ex players. You go on tours of stadiums, and you hear the things they used to do, where they put the coat pegs a little lower, so you sit back, bangs you in the head, right? <laughs> it's things like that that they used to do at Anfield yeah. and people used to be like, oh, we're going to Anfield and they're going to do this and our car- showers are cold and yeah. yada, oh, yada, yada. Really. I don't like that. Going yes. back to the last episode where I was saying we're an honorable club. But that was in every club. In comparison, but we that, still the, rank amongst the honors. There's less of that, but there's still the fear. That's my point I'm getting at. Yeah. There's none of that shithousery. Everything's state of the art. You come out, but it's the 12th man. It's listening to the cop. It's listening to everybody get behind for one song and scare the shit out of you like Aaron Veen does for uh, rugby, <laughs> right? Um, it's the haka for rugby as well when against New Zealand. It's That's what you'll never walk alone is. And that's their fear is that they're going to be outsung. They're going to be... You're in Buddha. their head. Yeah, exactly. As they're walking okay, down the but, tunnel, it's already but, in your But head. when we go to the empty head or we go to... Villa Park Tottenham Stadium or wherever yeah that fear is like it's not going to be like the cops so who cares yeah yeah I don't think Liverpool players are going to feel fearful no no and we've never heard them talk about that about any other stadium other than maybe when they played Barca in Champions League a few years ago you go to Trafford you might get a bit of racial that's a little different yeah Trafford probably but that's what you get for being in Stratford I don't think the Etihad is going to have... And that's not to say that they're not going to have some home field advantage. Playing at home is always going to give the team a little bit of an advantage, but I don't think it's going to be as significant as we'll see in other stadiums, especially not in Europe. You know, when you go to Europe, you go to the big clubs in Europe, that's a whole different ballgame. Oh, yeah. Etihad, it just... It, and it might someday. They continue this winning culture and they continue to win and, and you have generational fans coming through. Someday, yeah, Etihad will probably end up being one of those stadiums Unless right get now. relegated. Unless they get relegated because of points deduction, which we're not going back in. I wrote my letter to Santa Claus. <laughs> Thank God. Um, no, thanks, Santa. So what does scare me about City, and then we'll come to some closing thoughts here, because we've already covered the hell out of this team in our last episode. Kevin De Bruyne being out. We've talked about a couple of times where City have been struggling this season and no one has truly capitalized yet. And arguably their best, most important player on the pitch hasn't been on the pitch all season. I really wonder 
where Liverpool truly stacks up against this year's City team. So in our last episode, we were talking about Pep, the player and the playmaker that he is. I would put him in the same level with Kevin De Bruyne there. Kevin De Bruyne is way better. But that's what I'm saying. He is the Pep Guardiola of Man City. He is that playmaker. He sees the runs. He makes the calls. Without him, they have struggled. Look at Wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't have... We say they have like two squads all the time. But if they're struggling with that one position, that shows you their vulnerability in certain areas. Yeah, agreed. And with how important Rodri was to their form while he was out and then how they've kind of picked up the pieces since he's come back, you know, it really does. We're starting to see sort of the, we're seeing within the mechanics of the pep machine. And that is he relies entirely on his midfield feeding his forwards, Mm -hmm. which seems like a more simple idea than it is because Klopp does not, you know, your midfield is important, but we have much more creative forwards that can do more things than I think the forwards that, that Pep plays in his system. Yes and no. I think um, the qualities of Duco. Well, hold on. Let me explain the qualities what I'm saying. Of... Be- be- before you, you, you counter me, because I am interested to hear what you have to say, but we don't see the forwards in Pep's system being the assist machines that we see from Rodri from De Bruyne, we don't see that. Whereas with Salah and Diaz and their ability to dribble the way I they totally do agree. and all that, the pace that Darwin has on counter, that's it. That's individual players rising to the occasion versus Pep's players need this system mm-hmm. for the most part. It doesn't mean they can't do great things individually, but that system is what really <clears throat> makes them great where Klopp's sort of a hybrid of both individual performances and the system behind them. I guess, if that makes any sense. What were you going to say on, on the counter to that? Uh, on the counter to that, uh, another counterattack. Their counterattack has been really good. Obviously, the De Bruyne issue, so they're not able to you know, find the space uh, from he's their the build-up. Yeah, yeah, he's their playmaker. Yeah. So they're doing other things. Obviously, Holland has been taken out of the game in a lot of situations. So they're looking to Alvarez. They're looking to Doku. They're looking to Holland to make assists. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to open up other players like your Grealish, like your Foden to take that shot. Right. And, and they're succeeding. Yes, they are. But they're also failing because would you ever think they'd lose 3-0 to the Wolves? God, no. <laughs> was it 3-0? <laughs> Not in a million years. No. No, no it was 2-1. Thanks. Or something like that. I knew there yeah. three goals in the game. Right. But you never see that happening. And you never think they would uh, drop points anywhere well, else along the They lost to Arsenal for the first time in whatever that ridiculous And you think they would was. just step over Chelsea. Yeah, exactly. And Chelsea gave them the fight of their lives. Yeah. yeah. But so, Chelsea so, were also looking for a uh, bounce up. True. City have won their last 23 games at home. Against who? Yes, agreed. <laughs> yeah. And Still scary. On the other hand... Erling is that Howell? all competitions just out of curiosity? I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think it is. Erling Haaland has failed to score against two teams. Uh, who are those teams, Neil? Brentford. Okay. And? Liverpool. Indeed. Yeah. We shut him down every time. It was Milner was the hero when you were at, <laughs> yeah, at Anfield. He was. We shut him down. Yeah, everybody in the stand was like, oh, no, Milner's going to be slow against Haaland. That's ridiculous. Wrecked him. <laughs> we don't like that. I think we should have played somebody else. I'd like to see Gomez. He's got most pace and all of that. And then, uh, then yeah, Haaland should have. Well, he, he uh, sorry, uh, hit Milner him in the first five minutes. Just absolutely. That's what James does. Swarmed him. It was awesome. We were cheering at the pub. 
Um, Salah's played excellently this year as well. He could be a big difference maker. Arguably the best form of his life. He has a lot more space, that's why. Exactly. Exactly. But that's what I was saying. 350 million in January. Oh, goodness. All right. Let's let's do some quick closing thoughts on uh, City versus Liverpool before we move on to the next segment. Are we going to do lineups? Well, do you want to do lineups and predictions now? We can do that. Um, Holland has also lost to us, which is a nice feeling. <laughs> what played one against us and lost one against us? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because he was out the second. That's right. Yeah. yeah I think lineups for. Liverpool. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do a quick quick lineup show. Start us off. Oof, I'm I'm struggling a little bit. There's um there's lots of things I want to do, um but um it's city, so I'm probably going to go tried and tested. Play um, I'm very unsure about Jones's fitness, by the way. So um, I'm I'm going off. So I'm, just just so we're clear, I'm going off. If these players are fit to play, we yeah. don't know yet. Yeah, Canati, I'm worried about too. So my back, well, Ali and goal. I think we can probably all agree with that one. Um, Trent, Verge, Canate. Oof, left back, such a dilemma. Both Simeon Gomez have had really good games. Both Simeon Gomez have had some really slow games where I'm worried about them getting exposed. I'm going to give the nod to Simikas. Okay. Who do you have for your back line, Tom? Uh, Trent, Van Dyke, Canate. I have Gomez there, though. Yeah, that was see. So I have Allison, Gomez, Matip, Verge, and Simi. Matip? Yeah, so the yeah he's, he's, he's on great form with Kanate's injury issues. Okay. I don't know where he is. Obviously, if a substitution is needed, Kanate's first off the bench for me. Um, who do you have in midfield, Neil? <sighs> Tough again. Um, I went with McAllister over Jones as the holding midfielder. I did toy with Gravenberch in the holding role, but hasn't played enough to play against City there. So McAllister in the holding role, I'm very fearful of it. And then I actually have Gravenberch and Savozlai. I I wanted to put Elliot in instead of Gravenberch, and uh, but yeah, that's who I'm with: Gravenberch, McAllister, Savozlai. Okay, exact same. Okay, well I have a different. I have Savozlai, Gravenberch, and then I have Trent holding midfielder. With so who did you have right back? Gomez. So you have left back, Simi. Simi. Oh, I missed that before. Oh, yeah, I missed that yeah. too. Yeah, I got Simi there. Um. And I've been shouting for this for a while now. Yeah, Trent, Klopp's not going to do that against City. No, I know. But if anything, having essentially five defenders on the pitch I, I like City that. Is That's a what good I was idea. toying with before about... I was toying with three centre-backs and Trent in midfield. Um, but basically playing five when out of possession in defence and five in midfield in, when in possession. But, um, but yeah, I didn't want to experiment. I know. And at this point, I wish it wasn't an experiment. This isn't what I think Klopp is going to do. This is what I want to do. I think you guys are definitely closer to what's actually going to be on the pitch. A new football manager just came out last week. You should try it there. Ooh. All right, let's do forwards. Who do you got, Neil? Salah. Yep. Nunes. Yep. Jota. Ah. Ooh, finally, I finally switched to Jota from Diaz. Uh, even though Diaz got two goals this weekend for uh, um, Colombia. I uh, I went with Jota partly for that reason. Um, Diaz has had a lot of international travel, uh, but I'm a hypocrite because I went with McAllister over Jones, and McAllister had a lot of in, uh, international travel, so I was struggling. Who do you have, Tom? Salah, Diaz, Gakpo. Ah, I watched a little one of bit. You was going to do it. I watched a little bit of that Netherlands game against Ireland, and he looked pretty all right against Ireland. Veghorst scored. 
yeah. against Ireland. Yeah, but it was more his running forward and seeing him do his thing. And I was like, yeah, I could see you doing pretty well this weekend. Uh, all right. That's a bigger experiment than putting Trent. At yeah, but six. I just don't want Gomez. To, uh, I just don't want Nunes to hit the bar and we regret it. Yeah, I'm going to stick with solid Darwin and Diaz. Um, I almost went Jada too. He's just playing so well right now. But with Diaz coming off the two-goal performance yeah. in Colombia, <laughs> you know, the whole thing with his family coming out of that, I, I think Diaz is the pick for me. Sentimentality will bite you. It's very true. I can't wait to. Well, to Nick eat has my always thought with his head. Not, well, no, Nick has always thought with his heart, not his head. So he has sank on many a ship. I have, but I'm also winning our predictions league. So uh, what is that? Suck on, it, Tom. On that note, <laughs> you're let's not take that a, far in front of me, you knob. <laughs> we're, we're taking a break. <laughs> Welcome back, listener. So, match week 13 is shaping up to be... There's a lot of good matches this week. Match week 13, unlucky for some. Unlucky for some. Thinking of you, City. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a lot of good games this week. It feels like all the good teams are kind of playing other good teams, and all the shit teams are all kind of playing each other, which means it should be pretty good football across the board. Um, We're going to do our predictions. I'm going to save Liverpool and City for last. Okay. All right, so let's start with Sheffield and Bournemouth. What do you got, Neil? I have 1-1. One, 1-1. One. One, one. What do you got? 2-0 Bournemouth. I also have 2-0 Bournemouth. Forest and Brighton. Um, Tom? 1-0 Forest. What do you got, Neil? 1-1. One, one. I have 2-2. Two, two. I wanted to say 2-1, but I know that's thinking with my heart. So, <laughs> Burnley and West Ham. Uh, Neil? Burnley nil. West Ham 1. Interesting. What do you got, Tom? Uh, 2-0 West Ham. I also have 2-0 West Ham. Luton Palace, game of the week. What do you got, Tom? <laughs> Palace to win 1-0. I also have Palace to win 1-0. And I also have Palace to win 1-0. All right. So it's we not happening. Luton, every, Luton's going to win. Week, and that's for sure going to be the one we get wrong. Newcastle and Chelsea, arguably the game of the week, after Liverpool City, of course. So I have um, Chelsea continuing their high-scoring run, mm-hmm. uh, scoring three. And I have Chelsea continuing their shitty defense, conceding three. <laughs> so I have a 3-3 three, three draw. What do you got, Tom? But Trippier's not playing, by the way, I don't think. Oh, really? Mm. Oh, that actually solidifies my prediction. Spoiler alert. I have Chelsea to win 1-0. I have Chelsea to win 3-2. Ooh. I think Chelsea's defense is not good so they're going to give up a lot of goals to everyone but they've got a really good attack so they're going to score a lot of goals too uh brentford arsenal it's gonna be nil nil isn't it yeah 100 <laughs> nil nil <laughs> so what you got no no no. this no i meant the chelsea newcastle game is going to be nil nil oh <laughs> um brentford arsenal i have two two. Ooh, nick what you got you go first Oh, I've been you keep, you keep, Thank you, but you keep stealing all my scores. So. 3 0 Arsenal. Oh, okay. We got a difference here. I have 3 1 Arsenal. <laughs> Spurs Villa, which could have been an exciting game a few weeks ago and probably no longer is. What do you got, Tom? Spuds 1, Villa 2. All right. Nick? I went with my heart. 3 <laughs> 1 Villa. <laughs> and I have 2 1 Villa. All right. So we're all three of us are. Uh, Predicting against uh, um, Spurs at home. So they're for sure to win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, How about Everton and United, our two favorite teams? Uh, 
United to win 2-0. Pass me that Brillo pad, will you? <laughs> Everton to win 2-0. They're going to say, we're not going to take it. We're not going to take it anymore. And then they're going to take That's it 2-1 to United. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're going to score against United. United are really lucky. They're playing horribly right now, but they've got a bunch of bad teams to play. Nah, so. Everton are going to have the fire in their bellies and Calvert-Lewin is and Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche, yeah. Unquestionably, he'll be red in the victory. Face. You I, heard it first here. I guarantee it. <laughs> Please that do not put any money on anything <laughs> no. that Neil says. These are not betting picks, guys. <laughs> Especially not Neil's. How about Fulham and Wolves? Well, what was your prediction for the United game? Sorry? 2 1. 2 United. Uh, yeah. It's, yeah still no. Everton. Right? Yeah. Although, if they do win, I'll be happy. Everton, that is. How about uh, Fulham and Wolves, Neil? Uh, that'll be 1-1. One, one. Okay. And Tom? 1-0 Fulham. I have 2-1 Wolves. You still think Wolves are shit, huh? It's not that I think they're shit. I think they're just inconsistent. They win More a game. More inconsistent than Fulham? Less inconsistent than Tom. <laughs> <laughs> and we come to a close with City and Liverpool. I stayed quiet there. Because <laughs> you're right. If, if you went with consistency, you'd be consistently wrong. <laughs> That's also true. <laughs> Tom, what's your prediction for City Liverpool? I have us winning 2 1. Okay, Neil? 1 1. I have a 3 2 win to, to Liverpool. I should have said 2 3. That's right. I forgot we're not home. So that's it. That's the table. Yeah, I have to say, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six score draws in my uh, in my totals. That's so. surprising. But Although, you did I mention mean, that there are other equal teams this week. So, I know um, it's not you even. Made me feel better about it. Yeah, uh, it wouldn't even be that surprising. So. What's your match of the week? Newcastle, Chelsea, um, or Liverpool City? Yeah, I was going to say if we don't include Liverpool City, I think yeah. New- Newcastle Chelsea is a good match. Um, Although I, the Villa Spurs game could be good. I also think the um, Forest Brighton game. Postacoglu is still going to go for it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So. They're not They're not going to lie down. They're just not going to have the talent to keep them from falling over. Um, Forrest and Brighton is my pick for the weekend, I think. I think they're two pretty equally matched teams with Trey Brighton. Well. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing he didn't go, James, I know. how the... <laughs> I mean, it, I don't like watching West Ham except to watch James Ward-Prowse, and Jared Bowen's good too, but... They, they, I don't know. They don't excite me. So, oh, James. <laughs> I am unapologetically in love with James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> and on that note, let's do uh, some closing thoughts before we say farewell to our listeners. Show up, give us a performance, and don't just lie down to City. Fight them. Doesn't matter who you are on the field, just show up and fight every corner, fight, fight every ball, man on, man on. More like Brentford, less like Luton. I'll take a point. Thank you very much. Fair. Um, We have four episodes we do every year that I think are the most important episodes we do. That's the two games against United and the two games against City. Those matches at this point, even though City probably aren't our biggest rivals, they are some of the most important games for us by the end of the season. In pure football in terms, City are our biggest rivals for the title this year. Yes. And I do agree with you. That's what makes it the uh, the big game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the way these two teams end up playing against each other is always, uh, there's never been a dull game. 
regardless of result. Uh, Anfield is probably my favorite one because that's when I feel like we must win if we want to win the title. I agree. Agree 100%. Um, but these two, te- these two teams, these two managers, everything, they bring the best out of each other and they're always good games. And that's what I'm hoping for. The result, I want three points to Liverpool. I want to take the lead on the, in the table. That's what I want more than anything. But if that's unlikely, then just give us a good game. Walk away with points. That's all I care about. Um, that's all we got for you. So find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram at Come On Red Men Podcast. And uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Chat to you soon.